0: Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission Series.
1: When I was young in the 1950s, I attended Catholic Grammar School and I memorized the Baltimore Catechism. In fact, I think I got an A on all of my tests. Um, I faithfully attended Mass each week, not because I wanted to, but because I was afraid if I didn't, I would suffer eternal damnation. I followed all the rules. I followed my Catholic faith um, faithfully, but it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine.
0: I can't even share with you how I
2: was so rote in my faith and I was attending this, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional. I was
0: stuck rope in my faith.
2: But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill, he had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game
0: and i tell him what is going on with me and he's like oh okay and i'm like no 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 i think this is like some sort of miracle dude and he's like okay you know of course but i'll believe it when i see it honey you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that and i'm a, you know he his big line to me is you shouldn't say things <laughs> because i never follow through on
1: them and so this was week after week month after month he is looking at me like this is a miracle there is no way that you on your own could have done this
0: in first corinthians chapter 10 verses 16 through 21 saint paul compares the sacrifice of the christians to the sacrifice of israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans paul calls the chalice the blood of christ and the bread as participation in the body of christ and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the lord and the table of demons at the same time so in other words you need to decide what are you going to participate in are you going to participate in the historic christian idea of the altar of sacrifice which is in the Eucharist, or not.
2: Welcome to the Sowing Hope podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to Sewing Hope. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in, as always, to Patchwork Heart Ministry. Uh, and being a part of our ministry to sow hope into broken hearts. Thank you for joining us, however you're joining us, on YouTube, uh, Fiat Ministry Network, Facebook. Uh, tune in, however you're joining us. Thank you so much for being a part of our evening here. And uh, we've got another great show for you. As always, I'm joined by my uh, friend and co-host, Andy Santos. Let me bring Ann on here. Uh, Ann, how are you this evening? How's everything going? Oh, great. Just great.
1: We're, we're almost at fall. I love this time of year.
2: I know. I know. It's starting to cool off here. It's been raining for like four days straight here in Milwaukee, but it it's always sunny in Philadelphia.
1: And you know that well because you grew up here.
2: <laughs> I, do. I do. Absolutely. So uh, right. why don't you talk to us a little about who we have as a guest today?
1: Yeah. Speaking of Philadelphia, not too far away from us is a, a good friend of mine as our guest this evening, is Dr. Carmina Chapp. She is the Director of the Programs for Theology at St. Joseph's College of Maine, as well as the co-founder of the Dorothy Day uh, Worker Farm in Pennsylvania, in southeastern Pennsylvania. So I thank you so much for joining us, Carmina.
0: Thanks for having me. It's good to see you, Anne. Yeah, it's always good to see
1: you because uh, right before this show started, uh, we're friends, and uh, you know that that's part of our conversation. Is that when you get some friends together, it's always a good one, a good conversation. So I'm, I'm excited about you being a guest here with us.
0: I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you.
1: And in addition, I'll just say that you're also a part of the board of directors for the foundation that I'm the director for. That's uh, the Saint Raymond Anatis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. We were formed through the Mercedarian Religious Order, which I know you're familiar with, so's Bill, yeah because both of you are on our board, and <laughs> I'm so blessed as a director to have two amazing board members that help me with uh, this job to evangelize and also help families in crisis.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a pleasure, Anne. <laughs> yeah, thank, a you. thank you.
1: Thank you. So I thought we could start out with, as we do on most of our shows, as we always love to hear the stories of the people that we have as guests. Um, First, I want to mention that St. Joseph's College of Maine is a a favorite of mine because (laughs) I am a student there and I'm going to be finishing my master's degree this coming, I believe it's May. Uh, That's when we have graduation. So I'm excited. I'm working on my thesis now and it's exciting so and part of the reason I'm there is because of Dr. Chap. <laughs> she had recommended it and uh, it's just been a wonderful blessing. I've learned so much about my faith.
0: Well, thanks for that. <clears throat> I'm really proud of our program. I think uh, it it were, I just think it's it's just a wonderful group of people coming into it and many are like yourself and they just want to grow in their faith and they find that's what they that's what happens when they they come to the college to work it's an online totally online program so they can do it from anywhere and since we've been friends for so long and you were looking for a master's program i'm like well this is a no-brainer Anne, you should come to my program (laughs) yeah but i i knew it would be a good fit for you too because um the people are just wonderful the faculty are just wonderful and the other your fellow students are wonderful and now you have brought like Watching you do all the things that you do in your ministry, in your life, with the podcast and the foundation and all of your um, inspirational things that you do on social media, it makes me proud as the program director to say, that's one of my students. That's one of mine. Go. <laughs> yeah. Thank so you so much. very proud. <laughs> oh, means so much.
1: Honestly, it does. I mean, it's been such a joy. But most importantly, friendship. Friendship is the biggest blessing of our lives, isn't it? It's one of the biggest mm-hmm. blessings, and mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for you. I think we met in around in and around 2009 when you were at uh, Saint Charles Seminary, mm-hmm. right? And, and from there, you've done so many other things. The Lord has brought you to uh, a different place, and now you're at the the Dorothy Day Worker
0: Farm. At the Worker Farm, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we have so much to talk so, about. Oh gosh, so many things. And <laughs> I was thinking about when did I first meet Anne? And it was around 2009. It was at a catechetical event mm-hmm. in Philadelphia because I was working at the seminary there and and you were at the event and we met um, and just started talking about some things and struck up this friendship and it's just evolved. And we've gotten each other involved in all sorts of things to serve our Lord over all these years. And It's just a testament to what God does. Like, I see that happening so much. Like now, especially, for some reason in the last 10 years, especially, I've seen God drawing people together to build his kingdom in really very powerful and unique ways. Like this ministry you're doing here, like this new podcast. Like there are a lot of little things going on all around which I think is, is beautiful. Instead of like one big blob, there's it really is a patchwork. I love the name of your ministry. Yeah, patchwork. Just, hmm. Everyone is where they are supposed to be and loving the people in front of them.
2: Yes. And it's, it's
0: just so personal and so intimate. And that's the way Christ is with us. That's the way God is. He, he loves every single person Uniquely and individually and fully and unconditionally and you don't get that from mass media commercialism you get that from one on one friendships, Mm -hmm. one on one small ministries that can really get to know a person and can really like help people and even if people come in and out of the ministry that's that's fine because that you're helping a million people over a lot of time a period of time, but the, the moment is so powerful.
2: Yeah, Um, and it
0: it has ripple effect. And I know you all know what I'm talking about. I I look back on my life and see how many little things happened that turned into big things. That wow, how did, (laughs) gee, I just happened to meet that person who said this. Oh, this person came over for a barbecue and said, you know, you need to get this job. I'm going to make a phone call. I'm like, oh, okay. And blah blah blah. I was at St. Charles Seminary. I'm like, and that changed my life. (laughs) That totally blew (laughs) apart my life. I got to do things for the church that I never dreamed of being able to do, you know, for for the Vatican and, and just for, for the city of Philadelphia, for the Cardinal at the time, Cardinal Regali. And I just think all these little things don't happen by chance. They happen because we love each other and we have friends and we we, we have meaningful friendships, not not superficial ones that are yeah just like, you know what I mean? Bill knows Absolutely. Mine. Oh, no, I <laughs> yeah. do,
2: I do. And, you know, one of the things about... Uh, what you said, they're helping the person in front of you, right? Like helping the person that's in front of you, isn't that just what we're called to do like every day, right? I I just, I resonate with that so much because I, because I, because I truly feel that, all right, the person that is in front of me, either I need, well, actually it's in all cases, I need to Mm -hmm. learn something from them and I also need to teach something to them Mm -hmm. and, and also need to show Christ to them. And I think that if we do those things you know, because again, we're not always going to have the opportunity to, you know, um, use mass media like this or use mm-hmm. podcasts. the the day to day moments, the the you know, in the dentist office, being kind <laughs> to the people that are working yeah. on you, right? Like I had to do this afternoon. I mean, you know, there's there's each and every moment of our lives we have an opportunity to show Christ and mm-hmm. to also, uh, and I think that's so important. And mm-hmm. so. So yeah, thank you for pointing that out because I I just think it's so important.
0: It is. What else is there? Right. What else do we have at this moment right now to love the people in front of us? Amen. Not worry. I love Padre P always said, like, pray and don't worry, right? What's to worry about if you're loving the person in front of you and you die in that moment? You've died loving and you're in ultimate love and eternal life. So what's there to worry about? Just keep loving. (laughs) That's right. Oh, you said
1: it so well. And I think with this conversation that's happening, I think of both of you, both you and Bill, because not only are you, uh, of course, a board member, but when I say friend, I mean that you came to me in my own life when I was going through a, a challenging time and you you helped me so much and you listened to me. That was the main thing I think that you did is you, you had that, uh, the art of like sacred listening, I guess mm-hmm. we would call it. And you really made an impact on my life because it was a very, very challenging time for me and my family around that time of 2009, I'll say probably one of the hardest times. And I thank you so much for for being there. And here we are today. (laughs) And same, you know, with Bill, like was less than a year ago, I mean, was introduced to Bill by another friend of ours. And here we are doing this podcast and supporting one another as you said, you're there to not only to help them, they can help you too. Not that it's about that. We know it's not about getting, uh, getting what we want, but being who God made us to be mm-hmm. for other people. And that's mm-hmm. what it's about.
0: Yeah. And letting them be for us what he wants them to be for us. I, I think that's the lesson I'm learning as I get older is let people love you. Let people do nice things for you. Let people be kind to you and don't go, Oh no, don't worry about it. (laughs) No, like we need this opportunity to love another. We also like, they need to love us too. And I, I heard this great story the other day. I think it was my mother told me (laughs) (laughs) about this. uh, There was a woman who had a, a neighbor who was poor and she would needed to borrow things. So she would borrow things. So the mother would send the son over to the woman's house to ask, for a cup of sugar as the boy would do it but he'd come home and he'd say mom we have sugar why are you asking her for a cup of sugar and he said because she's always asking she always needs things from us and i don't we not she didn't want her to think that she didn't need her too like there was mm-hmm. this reciprocal dignity going on that she could give a cup of sugar so she took the cup of sugar like and i thought what a sweet mm-hmm. thing that that we need to be needed we need to realize that people Um, we can't, we want to respect their dignity and not just be condescending and, oh, here, I'll give you everything because I don't need anything. We do need, we need love. We need that. And any way people can show that to us, we need to be willing to receive it. Even if it's in a little thing we don't need, we need that. We need them to be able to express love to us in some way. And we like that with children. We let children bring us things that, of course we don't need this, but, <laughs> oh, isn't that a cute thing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just think receiving is, was a really hard thing for me. Cause like you grow up, you're know, supposed to be self-sufficient, you're supposed to be independent. You know, mm-hmm. that rugged individualism that we all grow up like supposed to be doing. And we're not rugged individualists, we're a community. You know, we need each other and there's stuff I can offer and there's stuff I need. And together we we do it all. And so that receiving, that being able to receive things from people, I think is a lesson sometimes we need to learn.
1: Yeah, that's great, uh, I, and I think we're always learning about ourselves and other people. And when we do that, we're also learning about God. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely, we, we
1: really are. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the topic of St. Joseph's College of Maine, where I am a theology student for my master's, and Dr. Chap is the Program director, correct? Is that
0: right? Just of the
1: online programs. It is the online program. Online
0: program, right. I don't live in Maine. I don't live at the college. I live in Pennsylvania. That's uh, right. Anne mentioned I'm up near the Scranton area, Scranton-Wilkes-Barre area. Um, So, and I've I've always worked from home, worked from a distance. This whole COVID thing was nothing new for me with the whole working from home. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. I was already doing it. And I love it, actually. I love working from home. But I've been program director for this is my third year I as assistant director before that. And just on faculty before that, I kind of just grew into this position uh, after having done exactly what I'm doing now only at St. Charles, when I met you, I was in charge of their master's program for many mm-hmm. people. And I left that and I started doing this and now I'm doing the same thing again. Um, but it is it's a wonderful program. I, I tell people, I explain to people, we teach what the church teaches no more and no less. That's kind of our attitude. It's like, here's what the church teaches, take it, do with it what you will. So there's no agenda, there's no like politicking or anything like that. It's just here are the church documents, here's the primary sources. And you've been through, you understand what I mean by yes, that. Yes, exactly. It's like, we're not trying to get you into any camps. <laughs> we're we right. say, try to stay away from all the political stuff that's going on out you there do. in, in the church down. and out of the church we just teach what the church teaches and here's what the church really teaches don't believe what people are saying about what the church teaches read it for yourself and make up your own mind uh and i think that's our um that's i think that's the best thing we could do for people is just teach them the truth teach them what they need to learn and then let god do with it what they will and and they do my goodness the things you're doing a couple of our alumni even some of our students coming in are already these like amazing people who are now just want to kind of god god called them to do this now and they want to integrate the faith now into whatever they're doing in their life and it's just beautiful to see i I really admire our students honestly i don't think i could go back to school and get a master's degree at this point (laughs) it's a lot of work i hear you
1: (laughs) I, I i hear what you're saying completely but I have to say i com- i have enjoyed it so much and um, and it's good for the brain i mean uh I don't know whoever's listening right now or, or listening on demand but I mean I'm over 55 but I'll tell you something that taking this master's degree at my age has been, really great for my spirituality, but really honestly, to keep my brain active too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. all the writing that we have to do. Mm-hmm. We have to do so much writing and, uh, and, and to me, that's a good exercise, a f- Yeah, good exercise of faith and also just of your knowledge.
0: Sure. Sure. Keep your mm-hmm. brain functioning.
1: Keep yeah. your brain functioning. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's nice just wonderful, story. wonderful work. Um, so uh, any other thoughts, though, about uh, the program itself? Because I'm sure that somebody's listening who's kind of um, maybe contemplating. Maybe they're thinking mm-hmm. about it.
0: Well, I'll give you a little, little profile of an average student who comes to us. Um, the program is... Well, it's completely online. So it doesn't matter where you live. You don't have ever have to go to campus. Some schools have what they call residency requirements where you have to go at least a term or something. We have, don't have that. Um, our tuition is very reasonable. Uh, one of the lower ones in the online world. Uh, so I w- between those two things, I would say we're very accessible to people who might not have access to a master's degree in theology otherwise. Like if you wanna go to the big schools, like in New York or Boston or Chicago, or you have to move there. Washington D.C. You, know, you got to move there and go to classes. Most people can't do that, and so the the person like yourself, Anne, who wants to grow in their faith, um, but at a higher level than just the um, just the devotional level, they want to do a more strongly academic uh, program. We're here. We're accessible to them. We, they oh, they can do this. It's it, they're able to. Um, so most of our students are, um, I would say they're not looking to become PhDs in theology or have a career with the church. There is that cadre of students, probably maybe a third of them are actually working in, in the biz, so to speak. Uh, they have a career in the mm-hmm. church. But there is a nice number who are there simply to complement the career that they already have and they want to learn their faith better. They've come alive in their faith. Some, they're converts. We've a lot of people converted to the faith and want a more more, more than our CIA. They want a strong uh, grounding in the academic side. So um, there's a really good mix of kinds of people that come. So wherever you are in that spectrum where, I, you know what, I really need a master's degree to move up in my career, or uh, I really want to get a doctorate in theology someday, because we do have an agreement with a a college to move into their doctoral program, or I want to just dive into my faith more and I want the academic challenge. It, it's really neat. There's this really array of a kind of student that come here. So we have two degrees that are um, for just anyone who wants to come in. One is in pastoral theology. And I think that's one you're doing, in. Yes. Pastoral theology has a really solid core curriculum in uh, scripture c- c- doctrine and moral and then you have a lot of electives that you can pick from to round out your program we have a sacred theology degree that is uh, much more uh, strict not as it's only two electives in that one there are a lot more requirements and it's heavy heavy in doctrine because it really it's really geared for people who either want to go on for a doctorate or or just want to learn uh literally want to teach doctrine teach the faith it's more geared toward doctrine So that's the other one. We have a third degree that's for permanent deacons. If a person is a deacon Mm -hmm. in the church or is starting to become a deacon, if they're in formation for a diocese, we have a special program just for them as well at the master's level. So there's kind of something for everyone, whatever you're looking Mm -hmm. for. Um, All different careers from hospital chaplains to high school teachers, to youth ministers, campus ministers, uh, prison ministry, like everyone. They're all mixed in there. It's great. And I'm always very available to students to kind of discern these things with them. It's so funny. I have so many students come in and they say, I I ask them all the time, why did you start? Why did you want to study theology? What are you doing here? (laughs) And they say, I don't really know. God wanted me here. Like, Like, in a nutshell, that's kind of what they're saying to me. I just feel moved to do this. I'm led by, in prayer, really, to come do this. And they're not alone. And so together through the course of the years, they're with us. We chit chat every now and then, and they they get an idea. I think I'm leaning in this direction. I think I want to be a chaplain. So we discern together. We talk through things and pray about them and a lot of prayer. I always encourage people to pray. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But it's this being comfortable in the mystery that is so crucial mm-hmm. when studying theology. You just have to be comfortable not really seeing it as a practical exercise as much of as a this is yeast in my life. God is doing something here, and He is empowering me to do whatever He wants me to do next. This is preparation for what God wants me to do, even though I don't know what that is yet. This is the preparation for it, and to take it very seriously because of that. It's not a hoop you jump through. Some people go get their MBAs because they got to get that big raise, and they just jump through the hoops. Right. Theology is the kind of thing you got to ponder. You know, you don't rush through. Yes. It. You've got to oh, yes. really ponder this stuff and it's not a hoop. You don't want to rush. (laughs) You want to spend as much time with the Lord as possible.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a real experience. I will say on my end as a student, I mean, I started with you guys uh, around 2014. Uh, I took a little bit of a break and came back. So that's been a blessing and we'll be finishing up with my last class, which is the the thesis uh, should be finished, finished by March. So, but it's been such a blessing. As you said, it's a real uh, experience and you don't want to rush through it because there's so many great, uh, books. There's so many great resources that you're getting an opportunity to study and Mm -hmm. write about. So that's what I've enjoyed most because when you're doing an online program, it's true. You're not going to be, you know, next to your, your, uh, student friend in class. I mean, yeah. it's it's gonna be you and the computer <laughs> and your teacher pretty much. I mean, but to me, I've just loved it so much. I can't encourage people enough that if you are thinking about a degree, a master's degree in mm-hmm. theology, to please to get in touch with it's sjcme.edu is the website. And Carmina, maybe you can tell them more about how they can get that process started. Sure if
0: if you're interested, you can email me if you want. My email is uh, c chap at sjcme.edu. Um, and, or if you just go to www.sjcme.edu, look for the admissions office, admissions online. Our admissions staff is great at walking through you, you through the process. They, they hold your hand through the entire thing. And then once you um, are admitted, Uh, they hand you off to what we call a student support specialist who helps you throughout your program, making sure you register for the right courses. They text you every now and then, Hey, how are things going? So we have a lot of support for our online students. You're really not alone. It's not just you and your computer. Um, You have a huge amount of support from the college itself, but to get started, just go to the website and look for admissions. Yeah.
1: No, that's great. And I meant to say, I, I did say you and your computer but I meaning to say that uh, your online experience is that yes, it is just yourself in doing that work, but the support is just incredible. I yeah, mean, I'm honestly, really the resources it. and and the the databases for your mm. uh, the res- the research that you need mm. to do is just there's so much there.
0: Yeah, no, I'm very. I was very impressed when I started at Saint Joseph's with the quality of the support for the online program that they have because not. It, like we they've been doing distance learning since the 70s so that they're they've kind of got this down pat with they're used to students not being on campus but i was always very impressed they were way ahead of the game when it came to support for online students and they still are it's really been great to work for them for that reason so it's good it's a great program so it you're so your th- i'm going to ask you a question now and you have your thesis is on accompaniment and we yes, were just talking about mm-hmm that love the person in front of you mm-hmm. and how important that is. Um, so that's what accompaniment is, isn't it? So you want to share with us a little bit, what are brainstorming with Father Doniel about what you're going to write on?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I'll back up just a little bit if I could, is that a lot of our listeners know that I'm the director for a foundation and it's called the St. Raymond, a Nazis foundation for freedom, family, and faith at nonazis.org. And part of what I do in my job as the director is our tagline. Our tagline is we offer spiritual accompaniment for families in crisis Mm -hmm. and especially families affected by divorce and separation. Now that's another story for a different day. (laughs) The Friars came up with the idea when they went to the world meeting of families Mm -hmm. and they met Rose Sweet. Now Rose is also our, our VP of the, board of directors. She has her own ministry, which is for those affected by divorce. She herself has been divorced and annulled. And she, when she became annulled, she was trying to find some kind of a program for somebody who has been divorced in the, in, within the Catholic church mm-hmm. and gotten that annulment and she couldn't find anything. Yeah. So that's when she came up with her own uh, program and when the friars met her, they said, this is what we want to do. So getting on track with what you said about Father Donio and about my thesis is that I told him, I said, you know, I'm kind of already there in this position where I'm talking to people every." Se- I told Bill today, right, Bill? Yeah. I told you on the phone today. I talk to at least one to two people a week right. who are either going through some kind of a separation or divorce or some kind of a crisis. And when I talked to Father Donio today about my thesis, he said that because of our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and his bringing this whole idea of what is accompaniment. Accompaniment is very personal. And what it means is that not only does the church care about you, but individual people within the church care about you. So what is my paper about? What is my thesis about? It's about how in this country... We are trying to bring that into as many ministries as we possibly can, starting with the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops mm-hmm. to many different organizations within the church, including, mm-hmm. thank God, great blessing myself, mm-hmm. including the St. Raymond Anonis Foundation. And I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to offer that accompaniment because uh, I myself am an adult child of divorce. Now, you know, I mean, I'm older, right? Um, And it happened way back when. But what we're trying to do is to take people where they are, families who have been broken up, families who feel like, you know what? We didn't come from this perfect family, but we want to stay in the church. We don't want to leave the church. And that's what we're trying to offer them through this foundation is to let them know that no matter what happens to you, is that Jesus is here for you and so is the church. Mm-hmm. And that's what, basically, that's what my paper's about. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> my great. paper is about the fact that um, Pope Francis' idea of a, a spiritual accompaniment is making a very major impact on the church for the better. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. even though there's a lot of negativity in our world today, especially right now with politics and all oh, of that stuff. Often. And even in the church, I mean, we have this yeah. whole like, liberal Catholic versus conservative yeah, Catholic thing awful. going on. Oh, it's just awful. But aside from all of that stuff, right, we have human beings who are in need. Yeah. And that's really what uh, we're about for the St. Raymond Onatis Foundation. Yeah. We're about trying to help people. So yeah. if you're listening right now and you're thinking, you know what, my family is in crisis, uh, please do get in touch with me at uh because we have a contact link right there. And let us know, because uh, Father Ken, who might even be on this podcast listening, hi, Father Ken, if you are, he is our spiritual moderator, and he offers a spiritual consultation, and so do I. But um, he can do a free consultation with whoever needs it. Yeah,
0: it really is. Yeah
2: yeah well you know yeah i mean you just have. thank you so much of course and you know and i think uh you know as you talk about accompaniment i think it's a challenge for each and every one of us to uh to remember that it's moment by moment uh and remember that we as people are called to accompany others um in our in our lives and uh you know it, it doesn't mean that it's this instant Conversion. It doesn't, but it also doesn't mean that we, uh, we sacrifice the truths of our faith. Faith. We don't have to sacrifice the truths of our faith. Uh, We can, we can believe, and we can know. But it, but it's also, without expecting anything from, without expecting anything from them, right? I, I, when when we're accompanying somebody, it's not like we're looking for uh, this this massive conversion or waiting for a conversion to happen. A lot of times, you know, our Protestant brothers and sisters, uh, some more than others, will will sit there like, okay, well, I'm only going to go with you to coffee until, okay, but you know, it doesn't look like you're converting, so therefore I'm not going to be your friend anymore. <laughs> like, like mm. that's not what accompaniment <laughs> is. Like, you know, it's, it's being uh, there through all the trials and answering the questions, and if they never come around... To, to realizing it, right, if they never come around to realizing it, it we're still accompanying them on the journey. Even if it's going to take longer, even if it's going to take more years, like that. It's, it's so important to remember that. It's not just this one shot, okay, well, you know what, I'm going to set a date, and if they haven't converted by then, or they haven't gotten it by then, well, then we're going to be, then I'm done with them. And and I've encountered that before. I've encountered oh that gosh. before yeah. in some of our, uh, in some great, great Protestant friends. It's like, well, why? Wait a, wait a minute. You're still hanging out with it. Yeah, I am. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> I am doing that. <laughs>
1: oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. But so thanks I, for
2: asking about
1: all of that. And uh, I value both you and Bill as friends. When you talk about accompaniment, I have to say you both have accompanied me uh, in so many ways. And you know, that's what life is really about. I mean, we all accompany one so. another. And that's what friendship should be about. It's it's nothing to compare with one another. It's just meeting somebody exactly where they are. And to be honest, it's just caring. I mean, and showing them that you care. It, it's such a big thing these days. I mean, we can't take that for granted.
0: No. We well, can't
1: take that for granted, I don't that's think. That's
0: the mark of the saints, isn't it? How all the great saints, when you read about them, that's what they did. They they didn't feed the generic poor, they fed poor, but like, the person in front of them. They actually handed them the food, and even what I'm seeing. Uh, like my husband and I uh, founded or run the Dorothy Day Catholic mm. Worker Farm. You want me to talk a little bit about the Thank farm? Thank you, please. Yeah, and please. so we're part of the like the Catholic Worker movement founded by Dorothy Day and Peter Maurin in in 1933 uh, during the Great Depression to to help people because help poor. It's kind of like not as poor as Mother Teresa's poorest of the poor, but you know, there was the great depression was a horrible time and, and they were trying to help. So, so they believed in a philosophy called personalism, which is also the philosophy of John Paul, II and Pope Benedict and which is really what accompaniment is rooted in. It's like, you have to have that personal interest in the person, not some like abstract interest in the person. So, what we're seeing here, we grow some food, and we have some sheep, and we have chickens, and all that. We have a farm that we we do grow food and give it to various places. But what we've discovered over the last couple of years is that even even like food distribution to the poor has become very impersonal. That uh, as necessary yes. as it is, it's great. Food banks are are, are great. It's very, it's actually very corporate. Like we, we went to the food pantry to bring some food from our garden and we arrived at the very moment, a huge tractor trailer showed up that was, was delivering tons of food from the supermarkets that had donated food, which is wonderful. They're full, but it really struck me how, well, it's just so impersonal now. It's like, I wanted, you want to meet the people that you want to help the people. It, It just wasn't very personal. So I'm happy that all these like places are donating food where it's needed. That one thing is missing. And I want to bring that back. So one of the things that I think we really kind of strive to do is, is bring back that personal touch, so to speak, in service. And um, we also are like an open farm where anyone can come and learn how to do some homesteading skills, which people are doing. They're coming in. Uh, doing things with us to learn how to do some farming or to raise some chickens, or I, I shear the wool and spin it. And we, we learn how to knit and stuff like that. I it's, love you know, that so much. Really been That's great. It's really great. That's been really great. So we're trying to set an example for getting back to nature and, and just knowing where your food comes from. Even that is personal to know where your food comes from is a personal thing. <laughs> you know, who's your farmer? Where did you get your food? Um, so this whole thing about accompaniment is really just a, I don't want to say it's a new word for an old idea. It's, it's just a con it's there's so it's so in continuity with the richest of our tradition. It's be present personally to people in whatever way they need it. And Dorothy Day really exemplified this. Like her, she said, it not enough just to give things to the poor. You have, they're not, their spiritual needs are not met. You need to be there for them. And that's, that was what she tried to do. And that's what the Catholic Burgers tried to do is be present to people. Um, it, it's, that's the mark of, of sainthood. That's what makes us all saints is to be Christ to others and, and to build the kingdom. So it's, it's really the, the ancient message is to accompany people to Christ. <laughs> mm,
2: yeah. 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 And y- what a, what a unique, uh, thing especially for our time. The you know, I mean, of course you've been doing it longer than that, but wow, what a what a wonderful thing that Dorothy Day uh worker farm. Wow, just amazing. Thanks.
1: And I went up there and visited. Now it's been a while and I know I said I'm gonna come visit You're and I i again? have to come again. I love to come and visit you. I yeah. mean it's about two hours yeah. away from where I live and um it's beautiful. And she's got animals there and and uh beautiful land and, and you've done so well with your crops and getting the community to be involved. So what's that like for you? Because I know you've met so many great people with doing it's, this. It's
0: been really, it's been amazing. And I mean, when you talk, we were talking about little, little things, people you meet and everything that kind of, kind of avalanches into something. The fact that we're even here is a gift from God. Like if we had planned this, it never would have happened. It really just happened. It unfolded before us. And so we're very aware that this is not our farm. This is God's farm and we will do with it what he wants us to do with it. So we're always discerning, what are, what's our mission? What are we doing here? Um, we have disappointments. Oh, what do we, should we give up? You know, No, God wants us here. We have to do what he wants us to do. So it's been a real discernment for us in what we're supposed to do. And um, it's not a, it's not, we start out thinking, oh, we'll grow food for the food pantries, but it's so much more than that. That's really just a very small part of what we do. It's more of the people who come here uh, to pray with us, to work with us, to learn a new skill with us, and um, just to encounter each other and to find a safe place to, to try something new. I, it's, it's, it's really the friendships we're building. I'm amazed. I, I shouldn't be amazed because God is amazing, but just the beautiful friendships that are forming up here. Because we, we knew no one. We knew one person up here when we moved up here. It just kind of blossomed. It's, it's been great. Well, um, it's 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 so
1: interesting for me to watch this because, you know, you were living kind of like closer to the city before yeah, that. Oh, yeah. And living kind of a different life than you are now. Very different. And you went from like <laughs> kind of that suburban woman to, you know, now you're way, way out there in the country. So what was it like to learn all those skills? Because, I mean, oh. I wouldn't know half the skills uh-huh. that you know for working on a farm. How did you
0: learn them and what was that like? Oh, well... A mixture of things, really. And again, it's personal because um, people have taught me, especially with the wool. I've, I've met a lot of friends who, are, who spin wool and who knit, and they've taught me a lot of things. The farming has been a communal learning experience, too, because we meet people who know what they're doing. The, our neighbor has been farming for years. He has a small farm up the, up the street. So he's a huge uh, help to us. And YouTube is great for that kind of thing too. How <laughs> to butcher a chicken? You go on YouTube. So I call, I laugh. I call my husband the YouTube farmer because he's learned a lot of. He's. I mean, my husband's a theologian too, just like like me. We're both, we we have our doctorates in theology, and he taught at DeSales University for almost twenty years. Where uh, Elaine where, went. My daughter. <laughs> where Elaine went. Granddaughter went. So he's done that. He's been the academic and I was at St. Charles while he was there. So we were really just academic suburban people. <laughs> and now we've been lifted out of that and are have a whole different lifestyle. But I'll tell you, this lifestyle is so much healthier than it had been. It's not as stressful. Um, it's just, things don't, it's hard to, when you're back to nature, You things are put into perspective. And it's just different. It's just different. It's a slower pace. And, uh, it's and just I have to think lifestyle. that
1: the consumerism isn't as uh, much of a temptation. It's not. I'm guessing, <laughs> right? i I'll mean tell yes. you why. Tell us. Uh, tell
0: us. I tried to figure out why is it that I don't really care about going out shopping anymore? One, because it's further away to shop. It's, it's more, more, less convenient. But everything gets disgustingly dirty on the farm. So wow. I'm not going to buy any really nice clothes because they're going to get destroyed. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs>
0: and like I used to we used to buy nice clothes to go to work. You know, if you're going to an office, you need to look nice. Well, I work from home now. So I, I don't have to, you know, get really dressed up for anything anymore, um, which is nice. And it's just kind of enabled me to, to do other things instead, to worry less about that and more about other things. But let it's me just, know so, yeah, it's let just me if
1: any land opens up next door. Oh, I love <laughs> if you moved up here.
0: I would love it. I want to write a book, honestly, how to live this life if you are in this in a city or suburbs. Like just because you don't own land doesn't mean yeah. Because it what it really comes down to is a simplicity of life. You just end up really discerning, I don't really need that. I don't really need that. And you just simplify. You right. just simplify your life. You don't you make decisions based on what you need, not what you want. And uh, you minimize and it's just so much, it's just simpler. So let's yeah. just I love that. Yeah. I, I mean, you know,
1: you both know that I homeschooled my two daughters who are now 20, almost 24 and 21. And the one thing that I loved about it was that we didn't have to go crazy with all those like school shopping. Yeah. Like we just put on our sweats every day and you know, <laughs> we were home. Yeah, and I did it for how many years until I actually got a job? You know, um, mm. but some people say, "Well, that was a job too." You know, homeschooling for how many it years? But
0: yeah, <laughs> but they're not competing with the latest things right that the girls exactly. Over, and you just don't get caught up in a lot of nonsense. Yeah, when that's right. School or when you live simply and work from home. It's- yeah. But, you don't realize it till you're out
2: of it. No, and I think no, a lot of people right. have been doing that during this time, right? Mm-hmm. Right, Carmina? I mean, like during this time, I mean, during this pandemic, people have been forced to, yeah. uh, you know, do live from work from home and, you know, yeah. work in their sweats. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, you know, I mean, and uh, I, I, I love that commercial. I, I, I can't bring brands into it, but I love that commercial uh, where. The the guy's like, I thought we were doing a Zoom thing, and the and the people are over for dinner. Uh, (laughs) dinner. He has no pants on. He has no pants on. He's just got the shirt on, you know. And and it's so funny, right? It's so funny. But I mean, we sit here, we laugh about it. But there's something about living simply, and also, you know, taking care of the planet, right? I mean, there's part of like taking care of God's Mm -hmm. creation that you probably have learned so much about during. Uh, oh, yeah. during that time working with the farm.
0: It, that's ab- exactly true. You start to really appreciate the relationship between human life and creation, the environment, and how like our planet was created for human life to live on it. We're the only planet human beings can live on. And so when the planet is healthy, we are healthy. So we have this responsibility to take care of the planet because we are the image and likeness of God. It's, it's all related. Like we like to, in our world, we pit the two against each other so much and we can't do that. We have to see how they, we, they go together. You know, um, nature's amazing. Nature's absolutely amazing. We had a field in the back here that we had too many animals and they overgrazed. And so we had to get rid of the animals for a while and take a break from it. But that land came back in a year like the whole pasture was back again. I'm like, it's, it's just amazing. The earth is strong. You know, it's, so it really is edifying to see that that, you know, we've tried to destroy this planet <laughs> and we're doing a pretty good job, but yeah. you know what we, it wouldn't take much for us to, if we all simplified a bit, got away from some of the in, like industrial stuff, uh, it wouldn't take much to, to heal it.
1: Yeah, I think you said that so well, because as I said, uh, maybe a couple paragraphs or so ago, haha, is um, that whole idea of like conservative Catholic versus mm. so called liberal Catholic and all that stuff, you know, what St. Joseph's College of Maine teaches is what the church teaches, right? And as much as sometimes in, in some camps, we try to dismiss the whole idea of the environment, now, I know that that's an area that Pope Francis has really mm-hmm. kind of brought about as like, you know what, it mm-hmm. is important. Yeah, and
0: Pope and Benedict a way did too.
1: Meet. It's a way that we can meet together mm-hmm. uh, you know, with with people who have the whole, maybe they are um, have a big concern and, and I do too. I mean, yeah. I know Bill does and you do with pro-life. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mm-hmm. gosh, that's so important to the St. Raymond and Otis Foundation yeah. and to uh, all that we do but it brings kind of those two camps together right. when you say, you know what, both of these things are important. Yeah. They both have a value to God, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The land and the way we take care of that land also has a, a value.
0: It does. cause it affects our health and how much, how many, how sick are we getting from foods that are not healthy because of the way they're grown in, in our fields? Like it's there, it's all related and then modern medicine and, It's all related. So we do need to see. And this is the thing. If we all seek the truth, we'll be okay. It's when we (laughs) we do certain research because that's where the grant money is or like we have ulterior motives for doing what we're doing instead of this is truthful. So instead of like instead of we have to we're so blessed as Catholics because we do have this really great faith that is so encompassing of everything that we can look at all of these different issues from this Catholic perspective, rather than looking at the church or the Catholic faith from like a secular right or left position.
1: Right, exactly. We, can,
0: we actually look at all of the sides and have something to say about everything. We do have something to contribute to all of these conversations. Um, instead of fighting each other, we actually can be that place of unity. Um, but what what's at the core of it though, is God and his love for us. And that's, see, that's why <laughs> accompaniment and conversion of heart and is so important because if you don't have that, it's all, it's all a political game. If you don't have that common love for each other that is rooted in the love, ultimate love, what's our motivation? And then we just fall into camp. So we really do need to yes. bring Christ to the world that will, really will help mm. us do all these other things not just reasonably argue with people, but it really will heal a lot of things.
1: You said it so well. And I think also just, as you said, when somebody has an agenda, I, sh- I shouldn't have an agenda to make anybody believe what Ann, just what Anne believes or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. It's not really what God wants. It's what what he wants, not right. what what I happen to think is the quote, right thing to do, that I'm hoping that my friends and people I meet agree with me, you know? Yeah. But I think sometimes in our world right now, especially like right before, say, an election Mm -hmm. or something, you know, people get so into that whole wanting everyone to kind of get into this camp and yeah, make a decision, you know? But like you said, as Catholics, the word itself means universal, right? I mean, we're looking at things, as you said, in a universal way Mm -hmm. and caring about all the things that God cares about. Yeah. I, I mean... That's kind yeah. of what comes in my head.
0: Yeah, it's such a beautiful perspective because, like the church, one it's ancient, so we have the history, and we we have, we've lived through history, uh, and so we have all these saints along the way to point us to all these different cultural things that happen. But we also have, um, like today, we we are the most culturally diverse institution on the planet. Like every culture, oh, every yes. every country there are people worshiping God in the Eucharist. And when that, that's what unites us. It's not the culture that unites us, it's Christ that unites us. So how do I love my neighbor most, who, even if we have different interests or different ideas about how to do things? If I know we both are loving Jesus, then, we, then there's that, that's our unity. And we can both accept how each other is moving along. If I know she is in good faith loving Jesus and this is how she thinks this should happen, go For it <laughs> because that's all we mm-hmm. care about is are we loving Jesus? Um, so the church has so much to offer. Uh, I it just does. there's so much potential. Oh, I love it.
1: Well, I want to just say I, I owe so much to you for your support. Uh, a while back, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, but also even your guidance with St. Joseph's College of Maine, I'm so grateful. And and also so grateful to Bill because I tell you, there's a story there about how sowing hope started and <laughs> how the Holy Spirit worked so that we could start this podcast. And guess what? It was the pandemic when I said to Bill, I'd love to do a podcast. And he said, I'm too busy. And then lo and behold, <laughs> uh, Bill, you tell the rest. <laughs> yeah, that's basically good, but that's we've <laughs> told the story happened. before.
2: That's yeah, basically what happened. Um and uh yeah, the, 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 this podcast got started. Uh because uh of the pandemic and uh it's it's been a great uh joy and blessing i mean this is episode number 60 uh it's hard to believe i'm even saying those words we've done 60 episodes of the show uh since the pandemic started twice a week um and so and so praise god for for um for all the good things that keep flowing out of this and uh and uh you know know that know that uh God is working through the muck and the grime uh, of our of our uh, society and our yeah. and our world right now. He's He's working through. He's creating these beautiful moments, as we kind of said earlier uh he's creating these beautiful moments. So Dr. Chap, you're gonna to have to come back and talk with us again on the program. Uh much fun. Yeah. yeah. It Enjoy is. it. Well you know we'll see each other at board meetings. <laughs> yes, we will. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, I think we should. Raymond and as board meetings. Yeah, but I think broadcasting board meetings would be a bit dry. <laughs> a little boring for me. Right, right. Uh, a little boring. But uh no folks, uh thank you um so much uh to both of you. This has been so much fun. It's been a fun hour and uh no, we'll have to have you back, Dr. Chap. This has been a blast. Well,
0: thank you for having me. This was really fun. God bless both of you. God
2: of bless you. Folks, uh, real quick, before uh, you go, or before we leave you, I should say, um, you, I, I just want to uh, remind you to head over to Patchwork Heart Ministries' website, because uh, there's a. if you are feeling down, you are feeling uh, fearful during these times, and we created a uh, rosary called the Fearless Scriptural Rosary, and what we did was we took... Uh, the different passages from the Bible that say, be not afraid and fear not, and we paired them with the rosary. Uh, So it's really for these times. Uh, If you are struggling with fear, doubt, worry, anxiety uh, during these times, uh, and you do not have a farm uh, that you can go to, uh, I really do encourage you to download uh, this, this rosary. Uh, It's free. It's available on our website. All you have to do is head over to uh, patchworkheart.org, and it'll pop right up on the screen. So, uh, folks, thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight. And until next time, from all of us at the uh, Patchwork Heart Ministry, the St. Raymond Onatus Foundation, and uh, Fiat Ministry Network, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, Stay tuned, and as always, all of our episodes are on demand. So thank you so much for uh, joining us. And until next time, keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andysantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at Ministry or andysantis2.